That's us now. Praise the Lord. So, um, let's turn to Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah the 60th chapter, really just as an introduction, you know, I've just discovered that pr pretty much everything that we're doing here on the Saturday morning is really filtered through Isaiah chapter 60. And it's no surprise because Isaiah 60 is that passage of Scripture which speaks, I believe, of the times we live in. Um, but there's, you know, as it says, we'll, we'll just read through. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. So it isn't really a surprise that the great things God is intending to do in the earth are actually coming um, at a time when there's great darkness and great danger. We've been reading this week quite a bit. Uh, the Lord just directed our attention to it, of the real threat of nuclear war. It's a real threat, folks. Let's not pretend otherwise. Oh, it'll never happen. Well, if that's of faith, great. But if it's just of, because I don't want it to happen, you know, the Bible does speak that in the end times, there are going to be a lot of loss of life. And wars, famines, plagues, you name it, these are all part and parcel of life on this planet. And we're seeing all these things in our midst. Um, a whole different world if there is nuclear devastation. But also we're seeing things in the nations, a tumult in this nation over our prime minister and chancellor and so on. I mean, nonsense. It's, it's a farce. You feel like you're watching Spitting Image and Yes Minister rather than watching the news. Amen. <coughs> Not that I ever really watched either of them. But anyway, praise the Lord. Isaiah 60, deep darkness. And look what it says, but the Lord will arise over you. And his glory shall be seen upon you. We know that. We've been looking at that. The nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Now, I know we, we, we go over these scriptures. We look at them from different angles. But, you know, I'm going to ask a question today. What does this mean? Why will nations come to us? And why would kings come to us? And I believe the answer is a very simple one. And the answer is because we have the solutions. Amen. The problems are, the darkness is what the problems are. The problem is that the earth is covered in darkness, spiritual darkness, uh, economic darkness, uh, the threat of war, the specter of devastation and destruction is all, all over us. And that's the darkness. And that is the problem. And let me just tell you this right now. The reason we're reading about Liz, Liz Truss might not even be in the job by Monday is because she doesn't have the solution. And neither do all the smart Alex that are criticizing her. They don't have the solution either. Okay? The solution will never be found, brothers and sisters, outside of these pages. Outside of the covers of this book, you will not find solutions to the problems plaguing mankind. So what we want to speak about today is what is the answer? Why, didn't, why will nations come and why will kings come? And there is a simple one-word answer to that, and it is wisdom. Okay, wisdom is what will bring them the wisdom of God, the wisdom that is in us by the Holy Spirit, by the Word of God, by our place in the kingdom, but more importantly by us starting to function in it and walk in it and be aware of it 
because identity is destiny. And if you don't know who you are, you need to find out real fast. They'll come because of our wisdom. Proverbs chapter 4, we're going to look at quite a, a few scriptures uh, today, so let's just very quickly do that. Now, Proverbs, of course, the Proverbs of Solomon, we just started a new series in the church uh, on this, uh, this particular thing. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel. You know, let me just tell you where God wants wisdom more than any, anywhere else. And let me tell you who is to have wisdom in the earth. And the answer is kings. Okay? And that's why God makes every single believer a king and a priest. Because in order to function effectively on the earth, the believer must flow in, in the wisdom of God, the wisdom that comes from above. So if we're operating in men's wisdom, or we're operating in foolishness, or no wisdom, or low wisdom, uh, or the wisdom of this earth, then we're not being effective for the kingdom. And God wants kings, national rulers, and we're going to look at this today, we've looked at it before, but we'll look at it in depth today. God wants national leaders and rulers to have his wisdom for the purpose of governance of the people so that the people can be blessed. Amen. Not cursed, not in danger, not in peril, not undergoing famine, not in threat of war, not, uh, not knowing what to do in a pandemic, but to be blessed and peaceful and prosperous and happy. And God raises kings in the earth for that purpose. God raised Joseph in, in Egypt for the purpose of protecting everybody in Egypt at that time, but more importantly, of course, his people. And so... God wants kings to function in wisdom, and you and I are kings. So let me tell you, when the kings of the earth won't do it, it's down to the believers to do it. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1 says, Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words. Friends, today, let your hearts retain the words of wisdom that come to you from my, my preaching, amen, <laughs> but from the Word of God, amen, from the Spirit of God speaking to your heart and giving you revelation knowledge of this Word. Tender and the only one. Let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. You see, when you listen to wisdom and you keep the commands of wisdom, it brings life to you. Get wisdom, get understanding, do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. You know, you ever had a great message, you ever been to uh, somebody preached a great word, and then you went out the door and you went for some eat or you went for, you know, home, and you forget all about it. The impact in the, in the bill, oh, praise the Lord, what a wonderful message, oh, glory, glory. But then when you go home and you start fighting and fussing with your spouse, amen? Not that that happens. Let's just read on. It says, do not forsake her, that's wisdom, and she will preserve you. Love her, she will keep you. Watch this, verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. The number one thing in our lives is wisdom. He said, well... You know, Jesus is my number one thing. 
Friends, the Bible says Jesus is unto us wisdom. Amen. I, I believe there's a lot of people have a relationship with God and a relationship with Jesus, but they don't have a relationship with his wisdom. Amen. A lot of it is just sentimentality. Yeah. You, you know, you get all those folks that so much of their relationship or their faith is just sentimental mush. We were speaking about that with someone the other day. I don't, don't remember who it was. Uh, Kate, that's right. Wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and in all you're getting, get understanding. There are levels of wisdom. You know, you can see wisdom, recognize wisdom, go, oh, that's great. But you need sometimes a deeper understanding. See, God doesn't just want to tell you to, how to do things, but why you have to do things. Amen. He doesn't just want to teach us, uh, just obey me. He'll tell us why. And if he doesn't tell us why, then just obey him anyway, yeah. But the point is God wants to deepen our understanding of himself and his ways. Exalt her, she will promote you. She will, watch this, I want to show you this. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. The world needs an invasion of wisdom. And I'm talking about the wisdom that comes from above, not the triple wide street smarts or, you know, street wisdom, oh, by the way, man. You know, it's interesting that in my vestry, right next to my vestry, there's a wee path that goes past the church. And there's a lot of drug deals take place out there. So we're praying about that. Yeah. Amen. But it's, it can be comical. It's not comical. But you want to listen to some of these characters. Oh, did you get a new batch, man? Oh, I got a batch. Great, man. You know, all the triple wide uh, pushers. Amen. Streetwise. But friends, that's devilish wisdom. We're talking about wisdom that can transform nations. And our purpose in life is to be carriers of that, vessels of that, impl implementers of that, if that's the right word, and imparters of that. The wisdom that comes from above, and the wisdom that comes from above is in the covers of this book. And in your heart, as you listen to the Holy Spirit reveal to you the inner workings, the strategies, the principles, the protocols of the kingdom. And then you take them and you apply them. And that's what church is for, so that we can learn these things and uh, have a culture of honor between us, but also then teach those folks out there who are fools if they say in their heart there is no God. And ignorant if they don't know how to connect with them. See, the Bible says that the scriptures will make you wise unto salvation. So if you get born again, that's the wisest thing you could ever do. But you don't just stop there. Amen? And sing about going to heaven when you die. You start to transform everything around you because that's why you're here. Go and disciple all nations. We taught it the other night at Bible College. Go and preach the gospel to every creature. Spread the wisdom of God that leads to salvation. So wisdom is what we're all about. And Jesus, of course, is wisdom to us. Let me just ask, is there anybody wiser than Jesus? Amen. Let me tell you, if there, if there were, that person would be sitting at the right hand of God. 
Amen. But he is the fairest of 10,000, isn't he? The fairest of the fair. And also smarter and wiser and cleverer than anybody you and I will ever meet. But look what it says here, verse 8. She will promote you. She will bring you honor. When you embrace her, not just, oh, well, it's automatic. I'm all right. I can still be a dummy, but I'll, be, I'll get honor. No. Wisdom will bring you honor. Wisdom will bring you honor. And look what it says here. She will place on your head an ornament or a wreath of grace or favor, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. All the things we talk about, glory, favor, honor. Friends, they come through wisdom. They come through the wisdom of this book. Yes, I believe you have access to these things by faith, but I believe if you're not operating in wisdom, you will not fully function in them because wisdom is necessary. Okay? And it's not just knowledge, head knowledge, cram your head full of data. I keep telling the Bible college students this. You're not here to get data, information. You're here to have something imparted to you. Some, something of the presence and the glory of God that comes into your life and invades it. You see, wisdom, that's what wisdom does. Okay, wisdom gives you access to all the things you need in life. And, uh, you, you know, the, the neglect of wisdom, the refusal to have wisdom, leads to destruction. You know, a lot of Christians get saved, they love the Lord, but they don't live from wisdom. They don't live wise. So we'll look a little bit at that today. I want to just rattle through this part and get to where the Lord wants us to go. So favor and honor come from wisdom. And let me just tell you this. People must honor you to show you favor. I'm telling you, get wise in the things of God. Let wisdom invade your heart, your mind, your mouth. And people will start to honor you. And favor will start to flow in your life. Favor is the divine advantage of God that opens doors for you that no man can open and shuts doors that no man, uh, you know, what I mean is it gives you access to where you need to go and shuts you off from things you don't want to have any to do with. Amen? Wisdom is the principal thing. And we're going to see why it is in a minute. Okay? And can I just say this? We have plentiful examples all around us in the church, sometimes in family, sadly. Maybe in your street, your neighbors, in government right now, in media, all the different places you can look and see what a lack of wisdom, the devastation it wreaks upon us, upon society, I mean. When you have fools in the corridors of power. Amen. The nation will suffer for it. We talk about rising uh, food bills and utility bills. We talk about the threat of war. Friends, that all comes from foolishness, lack of wisdom. We'll prove that from Scripture as we go on. So Proverbs 24, let's just go. I mean, Proverbs is full. We could spend weeks and weeks and months just going through Proverbs, but I just want to pick out some things. Proverbs 24 and verse 3. Through wisdom, a house is built. Or let me just put it this way. Through wisdom, any enterprise is built. Through wisdom, a church is built. Through wisdom, a ministry is built. 
through wisdom a business, an organization is built. Amen? Anything you want to build, it is built through wisdom. And let me just say this, if you're not building it through wisdom, it won't last. Or it won't function right. And by understanding, it is established. See, there has to be the building. But then you have to establish. Amen? Or maintain. Wisdom and understanding will build and maintain in your life something solid. Now, I'm just going to say this to you. Because we need to see this. Who are you and I? We are the house of God. Amen. Individually and corporately, we are the house of God. So we're not going to build anything or establish anything unless we do it through wisdom and understanding. How many churches have you known that started and that was great, had happy clappy meetings, had good speakers and blah, 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 and they're no longer there? Why? There was no wisdom. They weren't established by understanding. Amen? So through wisdom is how things are done, how things are built and established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. What wisdom can bring to you and I, amen, if we'll just allow wisdom to, to function in our lives? So how do we do that? We're going to look at that. But let's just turn to Isaiah 60 again. Let's go back there and look at something. What I want you to see is this connection, as we've looked at it in different times, to what we would call kings. Amen? Isaiah chapter 60. Let's just read down a little bit where it says, Kings will come, the nations will come, kings will come to the brightness of your rising. Verse 5, the wealth of the nations shall come to you. And it goes on to say, verse 10, your gate shall be open. No, no, verse 10, the sons of foreigners shall build up your walls. What does the sons of foreigners mean? It means second, third, fourth, and so on, immigrants shall build up your walls. Oh, what about all these uh, ethics that are here, pastor? That's not right, is it? Well, friends, they're here for a purpose. And I believe the purpose is to get saved. Come into the knowledge of the truth. Amen? And their nations that they come from be blessed. <coughs> okay? So, uh, we're not about, oh, keep all these immigrants out. We don't want the influence of things. But friends, we want the people to come and get saved. The sons of foreigners are here for a reason, to build up our walls and be part of what God is doing. But look, and their kings shall minister to you. The purpose of people that come from different faiths, different regions, different races, different nations, whatever, they're here for a reason, to, give, to be blessed. And to, to minister to us. Now I'm going to say this to you. I, I've been speaking about this quite a lot. Look at Africa right now. You know, there's people come here. African Christians come here. And they say the same thing. Britain was a blessing to us. Britain sent 
ministers to us. Britain sent missionaries. Britain brought us the gospel. That's why we are here. To give something back. Amen? Um, and, and, and how many people have come in here and said that? Black Christians. Friends. They are simply sowing back into us what we sowed into them. That's how the gospel works. So the kings, the leaders that come, I want to tell you something right now. There are people from other lands, other races, other nations. My goodness me, the revelation that's coming out of them. Joseph Prince, many of these black Christian leaders, what a, what a message some of them preach. Okay, so the blessing that we're walking in is that what we've sowed into other nations over the years is now coming back, multiplied. Amen. So, but kings are coming, leaders are coming, not just in, in, in church, but, you know, think about all the different businesses that invest in our land from other nations. Isn't the Bible accurate? Their king shall minister to you. Then he says down here, verse 11, your gate shall be open continually. Okay, they shall not be shut day or night. Now, now that's the internet, at least parts, parts of them, all right? Why? That men may bring to you the wealth of the nations and their kings in procession. Now, why? What's going on here, friends? The nation and kingdom which will not serve you shall perish. Those nations shall be utterly ruined. I'm going to ask you, what's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. Why is all this happening? The answer, and I don't believe I've even begun to see the, close to the full manifestation of this. But this is what we're going to walk in, in in this time to come. Let's turn to very quickly to 1 Kings chapter 4. Because I put it to you today... That what we're reading here is a little bit of Solomon going on. Amen? Because Solomon had this. It says in uh, 1 Kings chapter 4, he had 12 governors over all Israel who provided food for his, the king and his household. And then it says in verse uh, 20, Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand by the sea in multitude, eating and drinking and rejoicing. Solomon reigned over all kingdoms from the river to the land of the Philistines, as far as the border of Egypt, they brought tribute and served Solomon all the days of his life. And then it tells you he had dominion over all the region, he had provision, all, you read chapter 4, don't have time to get into it. And what does it say? God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand on the seashore, in other words, because Solomon, who prayed that abracadabra prayer, that Aladdin's lamp prayer, that's, and, and God says, you've asked for wisdom so you can have riches and military might and dominion, all of it. You can have all of it because you put wisdom first. And it, I'm going to have kings and queens, First Kings chapter 10. Don't have time to read it. Just read it yourself. All these kings and queens came to receive the wisdom of Solomon, and they brought gold, they brought silver, they brought provisions. They, 
inundated Solomon and the land of Israel with goods and produce and precious things, gold, silver, and so on. Why? Because they'd found a king in the earth with the wisdom to connect to God, and they said, have you ever seen? The Queen of Sheba says, the half hasn't been told. I heard about it all, so I had to come. But when I came, I realized they hadn't even begun to tell me of the glory of this land because the man that sits on the throne is a man in whom the wisdom of God is evident. It's upon him. And all you have to do to change your life, to change your kingdom, to jack you up and lift you into a new level of understanding, a new level of blessing and glory, is to sit at the feet of this man and listen to him. And I believe that God is raising people up in the earth today who have flown in that, and kings and presidents and prime ministers and so on are going to say, you know, we're making such a mess. But that guy over there in the Foundry Boys Church, that man over there in that church, that Christian with that website, uh, who's got that blog, oh my goodness, have you heard what's coming out of her mouth? I just did a couple of things she suggested, and my life changed forever. Amen. Amen. Now, the world calls them gurus. Oh, I've got a guru, you know, he helped my life, oh, he changed me, I got cured of depression, I lost, you know, two and a half stone, whatever it is, because they imparted their wisdom. Friends, that's all wonderful. Every single person in this room can be a guru. Way beyond the best ever that the world can offer. Simply by promoting promulgating, preaching, proclaiming, praying, releasing the Word of God into a dark world. The light of God. Arise, shine, your light is come. What light? The wisdom of God flowing through you. The Word of God in your lips. The glory of God manifest because you have the solutions. Amen? So Isaiah 60, I believe, is describing a last day's people who suddenly realize, or gradually realize, but come into a place where they realize it's time to walk in the wisdom of God. And it's time to, to share that wisdom because our leaders don't have it. Our prime ministers don't have it. Our first minister doesn't have it. The governors of the Bank of England, they don't have it. Okay. What they have is a devilish wisdom, some of them, uh, mixed with ignorance, <coughs> and the mess that it's making of the planet. <coughs> but God is saying, no, I'm raising up an army. I'm raising up a remnant in the earth who has my wisdom in their hearts and in their lips. And they're going to go and take this wisdom, and they're going to share it with it. I'm going to open doors. I'm going to open doors of favor. So I want to go into this part now because, you know, while I was preparing this message, I was very conscious of what's going on in the world. And we need a solution to that. We need a solution fast. Oh, well, let's pray, let's pray, let's have a prayer. Prayer is a big, big part of it, don't get me wrong. But friends, we can pray all day. We can pray all week. We can pray for years. And some people have been, but unless the message of God's word, the wisdom of God is released to the people who need to hear it, 
then you're not going to see the change. What we're really asking for is God to send angels and overrule and overpower and overcome. But friends, it's not just overcoming we need or confrontation we need. It's transformation. You know, it's not a case of, oh, we need to pray against the prime minister because he or she is doing something wrong. So we'll pray and we'll batter and we'll suppression warfare. Friends, isn't it so much simpler to have somebody sitting in number 10 down in the street who says, I'm just going to do what God tells me to do. Or I'm going to do what those preachers that I respect and admire tell me to do. You know, a little bit of what we had, I suppose, with Trump for a brief season. What if that was the norm? You know, we went to Stirling Castle the other day and oh, Mary Queen of Scots now. I don't care what they teach in schools today. She was a badging. Amen? But friends, who was in what Mary Queen of Scots' life? Who was, who was around at the time as chaplain and tutor to kings both down in England and up here in Scotland? Who was offering wisdom and counsel, even to Mary, Queen of Scots herself? Well, that she took it. John Knox. I said last week that John Knox anointing is in this room. Some of you have it. Amen. The power to transform society and nations. Okay, not just to preach a message and get a few folks saved or get a lot of folks saved, but the power to transform a nation. A reformer anointing not just a revival anointing. And that's what we're needing. We're needing people to go into the halls of power and the city chambers down there in George Square and the 10 Downing Street and the Butte House and all these places and say, and, and they say, uh, do you have a message for me? Oh, yes, I do. Thus saith the Lord. Or, well, I want to show you something here from the book of 1 Kings. This is the mistake you're making. Oh, I didn't see that. That's in the Bible, the thing. Yes, that's in the Bible. <coughs> Friends, that's what we're needing. <coughs> right? Ah, but we're all right if I've just got a regroup in the church. We'll hold on till Jesus comes back, friends. Come on. Okay? Like a mighty army. Not like a wee, you know, few folks hiding in a church somewhere. Like a mighty army moves the church of God. Amen. A mighty army that walks into the halls and corridors of power and says, we're here to take over for King Jesus. We're not here to set up, you know, a, a Protestant, popery, Vatican thing, but we're here to advise and counsel and influence. We're here if you need us. Do you need prayer? We're here. Let me catch your hand, First Minister. Let me pray for you right now. Father, let these hands, let this head, be full of the wisdom of God in the name of Jesus. Shambara Santa Roma. Wouldn't you like that opportunity? Yeah. That's what God wants. And I'll prove it to you from Scripture. Psalm 2. Let's turn there. Let's get into the meat of this now. Psalm 2, the second Psalm. Now, I want to point out to you before we get into this. I've said this before many times. I'm sure here in the gathering, but in other places. Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 are both regarded by uh, the rabbis, by your scholars, they're both regarded as Psalms of David, although it doesn't say that in our Bibles. But they both have Davidic authorship according to, uh, if you like, scholarly understanding. And both of them are actually read together 
when they used to read them out in, in ancient times because they're regarded as being virtually the same psalm. And the reason that's quite surprising is because Psalm 1 is about personal devotion and Psalm 2 is about the nations. But there's a reason for the connection. We're going to see that. But let's read Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage? And the people plot a vain thing. Or we could put it this way in 2022. What's going on in the world? What's going on out there? What's going on in Europe? What's going on in UK? What's going on? What's going on in this country? The country's gone to the dogs. Amen. We shouldn't say that, by the way, because we don't want the dogs running the country. And what comes out of your mouth becomes reality in the physical realm. But the question could be asked, what, why do the nations rage? Because the solution is here. The solution is in this psalm, brothers and sisters. The solution is in this psalm. Why do the nations rage the people plot a vain thing? Here's the answer. You get an answer in the next verse. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together or conspire together in some versions against Yahweh, against the Father, and against his anointed, against Christ, Antichristos, Antichrist. They're against God the Father. They're against God the Son because they say this. Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. What bonds? What cords? These are the bonds. These are the, car, the cords. These are the restraints. You shall govern according to the law of God. Okay, and Christian nations have followed that code, that principle for centuries. But oh, in the last few decades. Amen? What a change. We don't want that Christian junk. We don't want that Word of God stuff telling us that we should run our laws and our nations and our societies according to what God says. And those freaks up in the church, no chance. We'll do our own thing, set our own laws, make our own customs. And it's, the problem isn't just it's a few fanatics out there throwing soup and old paintings. The rulers, the kings, they're the ones doing it. Changing times and seasons. Changing laws and customs that are based on God's word into their new uh, ideology, globalist, new world order, Babylon, Leviathan, whatever you want to call it. Oh, what are we going to do then, pastor? Well, let's see what God's doing. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. The Lord is not walking up and down going, oh, oh, what do we do now? Look what they're doing, the globalists. Look, 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 look at the mess they're making. Any ideas, Jesus? Holy Spirit, have you got any? God's not doing that. He sits. He's not pacing up and down. He sits and laughs. Why? Because he knows. Now, they can cause a lot of bother for you and I. They can't touch anything in heaven. They can't unseat the Lord from his throne. God is still on the throne. And he shall remember his own. Amen. Friends, it's you and I that have this to deal with. How do we then deal with it? This, what we've been talking about, through wisdom. 
Because we're building a house. We're building the kingdom of God as co-laborers with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so as if we apply heavenly divine wisdom to what we're doing, okay, then we, we, we sit and laughing as well. Because the wisdom of God, the God is a trillion moves at least ahead of the devil and his bunch. Amen? Don't ever play chess with God. The Lord shall hold them in derision. But then, he's, then it says, then he shall speak to them in his wrath. He'll laugh so long. And distress them in his deep displeasure. You know when it talks about distress on the nations? Distress from who? The Lord will distress those who oppose him. They'll reach a certain point, a breaking point. He'll distress them in his deep displeasure. Then he says, yeah, I've set my king in my holy hill of Zion. That was what the Lord is saying is this, is that, Mr. President of America, you're not the leader of the free world. Mr. Pope, you're not the, you're not the, the most important person on earth. Uh, Mr. Putin, you're not running the show. I've got one who's already doing that. I've set my king. This is messianic, and there is an application on the earth um, of the throne of David, but this is messianic. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, or Yahweh has said to me, you are my, this is Jesus talking, you are my son, today I've begotten of you, sorry, today I've begotten you, ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. How is Jesus going to ask the Father for the nations? Because you and I are. Jesus in us, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's why we should be saying today, we're laughing because the nations are his inheritance. They don't belong to Klaus Schwab. They don't belong to Vladimir Putin. They don't belong to sleepy Joe Biden. They don't belong to the European Union. The nations are the inheritance of our Lord and our Savior, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one seated at God's right hand, he that sitteth beside the majesty at the right hand on, on high, that one, King Jesus. The nations are his inheritance. Scotland belongs to Jesus. Britain belongs to Jesus. All the nations are his inheritance. That's the wisdom of God. See what God says in understanding our role in it is to declare it and proclaim it. Amen? Can you say amen to that? Amen. Can you say it a bit louder? Amen. amen. I will declare the decree. The Lord said to me, you're my son. What's this? You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. This is where I want to go with this. And this is, we'll, we'll close up, if you like, with this. Or, or this will take us into where we need to go. Psalm 2, verse 10. Now, therefore, be wise. Friends, what's the answer? Wisdom. Wisdom is the answer. See, wisdom doesn't start nuclear wars. Wisdom doesn't have policies that raise the prices of our beloved, precious Lurpak. Amen. Wisdom says, keep lure pack. It's okay to be a wee bit dearer than utterly butterly, but, but let's, not, let's not go too far. Now, I'm not sponsored by lure pack, I promise you. Okay? Be wise. 
There's the answer. What's the answer to all this tumult in the nations? What's the answer to this conspiracy? What's the answer to what message does God have for uh, Liz Truss? What message does God have for King Charles, for Vladimir Putin, for Joe Biden, for all these leaders, Macron and so on? Be wise. Wise up. O oh, kings of the earth. Be instructed, you judges, you noblemen, you rulers, leaders of the earth. What's, how do you be wise? Serve the Lord with fear. Because it's the beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord is that start on the wisdom pathway. Stop all that war mongering. Stop all that politicking. Stop all that plotting and conspiring. Stop all that meddling in economic affairs. Stop trying to change, change God's order. Serve him with fear. And rejoice with trembling. Because you found people that know what it's all about. You found the answer. They're in that church in the end of your street. I know this for a fact. Churches are positioned. That kings and rulers, they have access where the gospel is preached, where the wisdom of God is released. They might not even know those churches are there. They might have noticed them to drive past. But friends, wisdom shouts aloud in the streets. What does that mean? That means you just need to go into any church that preaches the true message of God's word. And wisdom will hit you the minute you hear that word. She shouts aloud in the streets. Who knew that the wisdom of God was at the bottom of Tharsis Street? Amen? Amen. Be wise. Serve him with fear. Kiss the son, which means embrace him, worship him, treat him as precious, lest he be angry and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. Now, just finish this off. Here's what it's saying then, is that the wisdom of God is for kings. Be wise, O oh you kings. I want, to, I want to show you something here. What's the answer? The answer was given to Joshua. Remember, the Bible says that God said to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. You're hit. <laughs> You're next. You're up. Okay, get off the subs bench and get into the game because you're the new leader of Israel. And you can imagine, Joshua, oh my glory, glory, shakamundo. I've seen that power rod that Moses had, parting waters. Oh yes, amen. Bringing plagues. Oh, that's throwing it down and it becomes a serpent, picking it up and it's back to your staff. Oh, the fun I'm going to have. So Lord, am I getting Moses' staff or do I have one of my own? No, here's your staff, Joshua. The five books that Moses wrote. Meditate them day and night. Don't let them depart from your lips. Where's my, where's my power rod? Where's my wad of ooh, signs and wonders? It's going to be in your mouth. And I'm not putting it there. You must put it there. Friends, today, if you're wanting the power of God, oh Lord, you know, Give me a Benny Hinn anointing. Give me a Smith Wigglesworth anointing. Friends, they're available. If you pay the price they paid. <coughs> Amen. Because they come at a price. And the price is meditate the word day and night. 
Okay, that, that's the price. Oh, but I've, I've got so much to do. Well, you've not paid the price then. The price is given up what you do that stands in the way of you meditating the word. I don't care if you're just saved, saved a few years, saved a hundred years. That's still the price of... Now, understand, Joshua was a king or a leader or a prime minister or a president, whatever you want to call him. He led the nation of Israel. And God said the way to do that is to have my wisdom in your mouth. Because if it goes in your mouth, it'll get in your heart. If it goes into your heart, it'll come up into your mind. And when somebody comes along with a really tough decision, you say, oh, you'll not go, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You'll say, oh, I know how to do that. Because the wisdom of God is in me. And I know how to, I know, it's not arrogance. I know how to lead a nation because God has been speaking to me. Day and night, hour after hour, minute after minute. And I now know and understand what my purpose is. I know my destiny. This is my destiny. That one day, Moses is going to die. King Charles, one day, Mama is going to die. Look what he says. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. But then you will make you be prosperous, and then you will have good success. Prosperity, success. You'll be a successful leader. You'll lead a nation successfully. Then you will have good success. Right? That long phrase in Hebrew is that one word. And that one word is the Hebrew word, sakal. I don't know if I pronounced it right. Sakal. And it literally means to function wisely and successfully. And it's the same word that we just read in Psalm 2 when it says, Be wise now, therefore, O you kings of the earth. That word wise is that Hebrew word, Sakal. And what the Lord is saying to kings of the earth is what he said to Joshua. If you want to run your nation successfully, if you want to be a prosperous leader, if you want your nation blessed and your rulership, your kingship, your prime ministership, your presidential office blessed, be wise. In other words, do what Joshua did and meditate his word. Kiss the sun. Embrace the things of God. Reject the conspiracy that you're part of and be somebody whose word is in your, my word is in your mouth day and night. Joshua led Israel successfully. You can lead Britain successfully, Liz Truss. You can lead America successfully. If you stop your babbling and bumbling and mumbling and stumbling, Joe Biden, and repent of what you've all been involved in and start to meditate. My word, the worst king ever, biblically, historically, was the king of Judah, Manasseh. And the Bible says God judged him, but in his latter days his heart grew soft. And he became repentant, and he, and, and, and he was crying because he'd been so wicked. Now, you and I would have said, get him out of there. Never mind the improved part. Just remove, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Get this Manasseh guy out of here. But friends, his heart was softened. I don't care how bad they are. God can. Now, I agree. If they will not repent, get them out. But folks, we need kings, prime ministers, 
leaders, not just in politics or country level, businesses. Amen. NHS, trusts, councils, who their number one primary business of a day going into the office, don't disturb me till 11 a.m. because these two hours are hours spent in the presence of the Most High. And I will be meditating, and I will be praying, I will be speaking in tongues, I will be seeking the wisdom of God, I will be seeking God's counsel, and I've got a 1.30 appointment with Bill McMurdo who's coming to bring me a prophetic message from the Lord. Okay, and tomorrow, Margaret McKenzie's coming. And she's going to lay hands on all my staff. And she's going to impart to them the wisdom, the anointing to do their job successfully. That's what God's looking for, I believe, from every one of us in this group. To commit to that, like I said the other night in Bible college, being a leader, the number one step to, to being a leader is to take responsibility for what's around you. The great problem of humanity is leaderlessness. Jesus said, the Bible says, when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Why? Because he saw they were as sheep without a shepherd. Leaderlessness is our problem, brothers and sisters. That's why we've, we're having tumult with the Prime Minister's office today, because we had the buffoon. Now we've got the incompetent Ms. Truss or Mrs. Truss. Okay? And I don't care. See, it's got, society has got that bad. Things have got that wretched. It doesn't matter who they come up with. Everybody's saying that. It doesn't matter who they, they put in. It's going to be the same results. Why? Because the kings of the earth are against the Lord and against his anointed. In other words, they're against Christ, they're anti-Christ, and it comes to a place where there's a tipping point. You can't go any further. The problem is they're there, and they have this attitude. But the Bible says, be wise now, therefore. Do what Joshua did to have good success. Adopt what Joshua did to prosper and have good success. Put the word of God in your mouth. Kiss the son. Embrace the thing. Serve the Lord with fear. That's our message. Sadly, I'm preaching it to folks that know it. But Lord, open doors that every one of us, I pray right now, Lord, can bring this message to where it belongs. That's the answer today, brothers and sisters. Let's just finally, let's just turn to Proverbs chapter 8. See, let me just say this, Proverbs 2 verse 6 says, For Yahweh gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The wisdom to rule, rule nations and lead them successfully comes from the mouth of Yahweh. Amen? That's why we meditate the word. That's why we preach the gospel. That's why we, we, are, we, are, we are people that use our mouths to glorify God and to preach the message and, and spread the wisdom of God around. Let's go to Proverbs 8 very quickly and we'll close with this. Proverbs chapter 8. I'm quite pleased to get through the scriptures because there's quite a lot to get through, but we'll just kind of close it up here. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 1 says, Does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand on the top of the high hill beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates. The gates are the places of government. Gates in scripture are the places of government. 
Wisdom is crying at the gates. Let me in. You're making a mess. I've got people here that can help you. People from the gathering, they've been gathering for this very purpose. They go to church and learn and understand how to function. They have the wisdom. She cries out at the gates. But look, verse 15. This is wisdom speaking. We'll close with this. By me, kings reign, and rulers decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles, all the judges of the earth. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me riches and honor with me, enduring riches, and so on. Friends, what he's saying here is this. What God's word is saying is this. The template of rulership, leadership, governance in the earth is that God has said to wisdom, you are the companion of kings. Kings will rule by you. Rulers will decree by your precepts, by your principles, by your protocols, by your strategies. But when they throw that off, when kings and rulers say, we don't want those boys, boys. we don't want to read the book of Proverbs, we don't want to read the Bible. That's when disaster begins. And how much disaster has to build up before we're in the situation we're in right now? Amen. So I don't want to end on a negative note. Here's the positivity of this. Wisdom is still standing, crying out at the gates. Wisdom is saying today to us in here, remember Jesus is our wisdom. Be full of my word. Be full of my protocols. Let my knowledge flood your hearts and minds and understanding because there's going to come a day when you have that opportunity to share this wisdom with those who matter and God will see to it that they listen and turn their hearts. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, the Bible says, but the rivers of water, he turns it whithersoever he will. Father, we just pray right now that you will turn the hearts of the leaders of our land. King Charles, Liz Truss, all these politicians, and all the devolved assemblies, and all the councils, Lord. Turn their hearts to you. Turn their hearts to the wisdom that comes from your word. Turn their hearts to listen to the church and Christians who have your wisdom in them. Raise up men and women of wisdom in this earth to govern and rule, but also, Lord, to teach and influence. Lord, transform our land with the wisdom of God. Let our house be built with wisdom. And let it be established by understanding. And let prosperity come to our nation, Father, once more. Because the wisdom and understanding and knowledge of God is in the earth. Remember, folks, this, close with this one script. Remember what it says in Isaiah chapter 2. The day is coming when the knowledge, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, the knowledge, the wisdom, the understanding, of God's glory will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. May that be reality in Scotland today, Father. May that be reality in these British Isles. May it be reality across the nations. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask it. Amen.